and welcome everybody to Flickr Effect, episode 296. Uh, it is Sunday, June 16th, as we're recording. I'm David Lotz. Joining me this episode is Bobby Jackson. Hey, it's me. I'm here. And Michelle Hillard. Hi, hello. <laughs> uh, no Yasha this week. No. Not this week, unfortunately. Mm, he's out on assignment. I like to just say that. Uh, anyway, uh, what's up, guys? Happy Father's Day. Thanks. Same to you. Wow. Happy Father's Thanks. Day to both of you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. Do you think it was a, a busy weekend at the theater? No. No. <laughs> People did not go see not movies for Father's Day. They did not. That nope. was not a thing. No. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. But Men in Black did at least manage to make the number one spot. Not that it had a lot of major competition. True. But Dark Phoenix dropped dropped off pretty bad from the second week. Oh wow, so. yeah, it dropped seventy two percent. Oh yeah. wow, that's horrible. I'm just seeing that now, man. That's. I wonder. I wonder how this weekend would have been if Toy Story four had come out this weekend instead of next weekend. Oh, oh. well, it'd have been good for the weekend and for yeah. that movie, but it would have been horrible for um, Men in Black or yeah, it would have been buried. Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Shaft in its opening weekend uh, made $8 million down at number six. And, For the opening you know, weekend. And the thing is, is, I mean, in one respect, it's like, oh, wow, that's that's unfortunate. But um, we talked about this when we recorded a spoiler effect last mm-hmm. night or... I'm not surprised because I haven't seen any marketing for that movie. The, mar- the marketing for Shaft is complete crap. Like I, complete, complete crap. I barely knew it was coming out this weekend. I only yeah. knew because we know these things. <laughs> but if it hadn't been for that, I wouldn't have known. What were you going to say, Bobby? I just feel like even with good marketing, that movie was never going to gain a lot of traction as far as tons of people showing up for it. It just when I before hearing what you just said, how much it made for the weekend, my guess of the weekend box office draw for that was probably around 12 million that I thought it would might make. So uh, to go lower than that, it just shows, yes, absolutely. There's definitely a lack of marketing there that I've noticed, but I will, I would gauge and probably wager a pretty good bet that there was decent marketing on in the areas that they probably felt like it needed to be marketed, marketed like uh, for that, specific demographic they probably had ads on BET there probably are ads I think uh, this weekend is some BET awards possibly or something so there'll probably be ads during that so they probably are ads in certain areas but I think more than likely it's just people just weren't interested in this yeah yeah it was the MTV movie awards this weekend wasn't it or what MTV awards tonight I thought it was that was, might be tonight. I thought it was this sometime Zach, this weekend. Zach, right? I don't know. I don't know. My boyfriend's not blowing up his Instagram or his Twitter. I would know these things. You would think That's he true. would be posting stuff. Get on this, Michelle. I know how he is. And he <laughs> would lose his it's, mind, and I will say. It's probably I'm next not, week. I'm going to say. Maybe it is. I don't think I, don't I thought know. I saw somebody. Do they still do the thing where they don't do it live anymore, where they tape it? Because right, I, yeah. I swore I saw somebody on my Instagram feed going, hey, I'm going to MTV tonight on two hours sleep. And anyway. It's tomorrow night. It's t- Monday night. All oh. right. So maybe they tape it like a night or two ahead of time. Yeah. They must. 
Yeah, although if they do that, I thought usually I, in the past when they taped it before whatever it is, you end up seeing who wins. A lot of the things they announce it in the in the news before the actual awards. Yeah, but hmm. yeah, I don't maybe know. this I is don't, life. I don't pay attention to MTV Movie Awards anymore, other than like like I just said, the random celebrity I follow who happens to attend and they post about it. And I'm like, oh, that that still goes on. That's really yeah, I know. The I, only reason I have any even inkling or knowledge of it really existing is because of Zachary Levi. There are times I randomly ponder or think, I'm like, oh, does MTV still exist? Oh, I guess it does. <laughs> I don't I even know. think about it. I like know. It, To think of like the kind of influence it had on me as a child when it actually played music videos to now I'm like, oh, is that still around or did it finally die? You know, no, it's still I mean, there. I used to wake up and turn MTV on in the morning. Why mm-hmm. I have to turn it? to mtv like like when once i was in like high school and i had a tv that my parents allowed me to have connected to the cable or satellite at that point in time like i basically would wake up and it was already on like i would turn the tv on and mtv channel was on like it was on all the time like right. i would wake up to mtv right like, that was my day right <laughs> like, it was always on in the background in the summertime you know it's always like reruns of road rules and real world and and then music in the evening and mm-hmm. music in the morning and i don't know mm. i don't know i remember when there was music videos on mtv and not like snippets of music videos like the full music video <laughs> and what's even funny is that that that, that you even think about the fact that there was a time when there were snippets like i i've definitely done with mtv before they started doing like you would watch what was see i can't TLC. remember tlc in the afternoon and it was like a countdown but it only showed like 30 seconds of the actual video i'm like and that happened in my 20s yeah and so i but at that point i wasn't watching mtv because it had been crap for so long so it was something like i'd go to somebody's house and it would be on there right it was it tlc what was it called was it called tlc that's uh, uh, that afternoon show yeah. that Carson Daly did? We're terrible. We're so old. Wow, we're old. <laughs> Anyways. Bobby's not jumping in either to correct us, so he doesn't yeah, know either. He's obviously drawing a blank, too. Well, it's, it's not because I didn't watch a lot of the those types of shows. I watched heavily a lot of the um, real world, road rules, yeah. and now the challenge. I still, to this day, watch still the challenge. Still watch the challenge. On, <laughs> on MTV, yeah. So, I think the um, last one... I, no, oh, you don't know I, what the I challenge is? I don't know what the so challenge is. So the challenge is. is when the road rollers and the real, the real rollers and the road rulers would have to, like, it's like they would mash up and then be on split teams and then you have to compete in competitions against each other to see who is better. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Huh. The last one of that I think I watched was one of the first seasons and that was when it was in, I think, Telluride. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it was supposed to because I was, I was just two hours away from it. <laughs> In college and was like, oh, hey, I just on the road. Like they, you know, one weekend, actually, a bunch of them did come up and party in our town just because I guess I got tired of Telluride. I don't know. All right. It was a thing. Anyways. Um, yeah. Oh, do you guys remember? And this is older MTV. Like late at night on like Fridays or Saturdays, they'd have like really weird TV shows. Not just like be with some butthead, but like, like they had that one called Max. Where it was like this guy who was a homeless guy, but he used to imagine himself being like um, a a superhero, and it was like animated. Yeah. But it was always like really weird animated shows, but they were really kind of cool at the same time. 
Yeah, it was a old school. Well, not old school. Well, it's a old school now, I guess. But back then, it wasn't. It was fairly new. It was from Image mm-hmm. Comics, and it was uh, one of the original uh, creators' characters. Uh, Max was. Um, I forget which creator did it, but yeah, it was around that time when Rob Liefeld and uh, Tom McFarlane and all those guys. Uh, Bobby, he knows his stuff. Started. Um, but they had that. Comics. They had that one, and like Beavis and Butthead would be on, and there'd be a couple other shows. Oh God, I remember Daria. Which they're doing Man, a spinoff. I just heard. I about. know. I did hear about that. I'm. I'm excited for this. I like Daria. I used to love the crap. I'd watch the hell out of Daria. Man. I never saw it. Not, well, I saw bits and pieces of it, but I never got into Daria. But which I get, I guess it's more. Yeah, I'm the more the demographic for Daria. But man, I used to love Daria. It was good. It was a good show. This is all lost on me. I mean, I'm I know so what Daria sorry. is. Don't get me wrong, but sorry. the rest of it, I'm like, no idea, hmm. no clue. Hmm. Was, I mean, wasn't like, I mean, I kind of what you guys are talking about. I vaguely remember as being like this. Almost like MTV's. This was pre almost Adult Swim. It was almost like their version of yeah. like Adult yeah. Swim. It wasn't exactly. And for yeah. some reason, my mind, it's I keep coming up with the word liquid something. Or, yeah, there was a or MTV oddities or something. It like was kind of like liquid TV or something like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know if it, that was part of it, but I know they did have that because then they had mm-hmm. also like Aeon Flux. Yes. Yes, and, that's where they did have Aeon Flux. Oh man. So and there was this, these uh, kids don't know, man. <laughs> there was a there was a uh, computer generated Spider Man TV series that came out there on there for a little while. I didn't care I feel for like it I much, but vaguely remember that. Anyways, anyways, my point is, is MTV was really cool back in the days. Back in the really day, not that I watched anyway. Hey, so I was gonna say, uh, first thing that's on my mind. Um, we talked about not long ago that we had watched like two episodes, maybe three episodes of what we do in the shadows. You and I, Michelle. Oh, yes. Um, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm getting your take on it wrong, but I think we were both like, hey, it's good, but it's not like, it's not as good as the movie by any means. Yeah. And we're enjoying it and we'll watch some more, but it's it's fun, but it's not great. I'm bringing it up because I will say I'm still not done. I think the season's already complete. I think it was a 10 episode season. It's already done. And I think now we're seven or eight episodes in. Mm-hmm. And I, I just want to bring it up to say I now I definitely would recommend it be watched. Like starting yeah. with, I think it was episode four. It was the episode titled Animal Control. Like, yes, that was funny. Oh, God. The, the show <laughs> seems to have found its footing and yeah. I am digging it. It's, Definitely. It's it's entertaining. It's funny. Yeah. And you know what? I feel like it'd be a really good series, like like around Halloween, when you just want something on in the background that people kind of watch but don't pay a lot of attention to, but kind of will pause for a second mm-hmm. and watch it and then be like, oh, that was cute. And then get back to their conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be a, but be even a, if you just want to watch it. I, it's really good. I like it. It's fun. It's, it's really it's good. Fun. It's gotten better. Those first few episodes are like, okay. I think it's also a matter of still having the movie in your mind. And it's like, okay, the show is basically doing the movie, but with different people and the different, they live in a different city. Yeah. So I, maybe that was part of the reason why I was a little like, eh, I'm unsure about this, but there's no doubt that animal control episode in every episode we've seen since. I think we watched two or three past that. That's like the last episode we watched the trial. Yes. That was good. Yeah. Like that was like, I was giggling. I was like, 
I mean, yeah, without spoiling anything, there was an excellent cameos in that episode. It was a really great cameo show. Oh, yeah, it was a good one. It was good. Yeah. What we do in the show, it's, yeah, I like it. And I think, I need to look to see if they're doing season two, but I I think think it did get picked up. I think they did get picked up, which I'll be honest, when we first talked about this show, I was kind of like, I don't know if it's going to do it or not. But now that I've seen more episodes, I'm getting into it too. And I'm like, yep, no, I think it's, I think it's going to have a second season. It's, it's pretty funny and it's hilarious because and you sent it to me on Instagram the actress who plays the female vampire on the show she posted something today on her Instagram and it is effing hilarious it was it was a whoa I am looking forward to that episode Um, (laughs) what is happening but yes it was renewed for a second season was it sweet okay cool I I like it I'm I'm digging it I'm getting more comfortable I think with the characters and kind of how they are I still think the female vampire is the best character. No, she's pretty great. She's definitely my favorite of the three. Right. Well, I guess four. I mean, yeah, there are there are four, I guess. But the other guy, I almost ignore. Just like they do. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. So, and and if anyone's wondering what we're talking about, it's on FX show based on the movie. Which, if you have not seen, still go see the movie or not go see it, but watch it at home. I think it's on Amazon. Amazon Prime. Yeah, it might be. It was on Netflix for a long time. I think now it's on Amazon. Anyways, what we do in the shadows, guys. The movie and the show. Good stuff. Now it gets a full-on thumbs up for me. It's good. I agree. Me as well. Cool. That's all I got D- this week. Ditto. Thanks, guys. Yeah, we, we didn't watch... <laughs> I haven't watched any more um, Chernobyl. No, I gotta get back to Chernobyl. I, I need to get back to Chernobyl, but again... as. As, as much as I'm enjoying Chernobyl, there's a certain mindset you have to be in when you start and prepared to be on on the other side of it. Right. <laughs> Bobby, did you watch the season premiere to Big Little Lies? Oh. Yeah, I did. <gasps> so what did we all think of that? What did you think, Bobby? It was setting the table, basically. Uh, you were kind of reintroducing you to some of the characters that you've seen from last season and um, kind of this is them coming back from summer break back to school with the kids and kind of uh, picking up from where they sort of left off but the the events of last season didn't sit well with certain characters and that also is the introduction of Meryl Streep and I find her fascinating, actually, in, in the show. Um, she's very blunt in the way she speaks to the other characters. And it's it's one of those things where you ha- you have to keep your eye on her because she is obviously very unsettled with some of the stuff that happened last season. And so it's interesting seeing her take and her, her viewpoint on uh, some of the, the characters that we know. And so her alone has me really already hooked into this season just because I want to see where where she goes and and what she does. What about you, Michelle? I'm with I'm with Bobby. I think it was a good episode. I think it it sets the scene for what's to come this season. It sets the tone really well, I think, because everybody's kind of on edge and Meryl Streep's character is keeping everybody on edge i think because she has open disdain for these women like she's kind of trying to put on 
kind of happy face, but really she's not, she doesn't like them. Like she's no, there's no love lost going on there. And she's, yeah, she's questioning everything that has happened with the events that took place. She questions them, their motives. Like you can tell it's a thing and it's going to be a thing. And I think she's a good addition to it. I'm looking forward to seeing more of her. Yeah. Like just sharp, like, like just the way she's kind of attacks them and and she's not even attacking them. Like she's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting to see. And then I've, I was looking for this episode because I really wanted to see, um, where, um, Zoe Kravitz's character, Bonnie was kind of sitting after everything just because what occurred is so outside of her personality. And so I knew it kind of had to be messing with her mind to see her the way she was. I was like, Oh wow. She's really effed up. Like she's not doing well. Right. And so, I mean, I want to see what everybody was, but I was really curious to see how she was doing. And yeah, she's, she's not, she's not good. She's not good kids. <clears throat> Bonnie is not in a good place. <laughs> right. So I don't know. I liked it. I, yeah, I'm, I'm like, so we're done recording. We're going to go watch it. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm, I, I really, I'm happy. I was happy with it. It's got me excited. Yeah. I mean, I'm still excited for the season, but I will say the first episode, I was like, eh, okay. I mean, I get what I get the idea that, yeah, it's setting the table basically for the season, but still as it, as an episode, it's fine, you know, but I think it's interesting, too, to see what this season's, how it's handling things, telling this story in a more conventional way, considering how the first season went. The first season, we were watching things play out as we were also watching things post the event. Right. You know, and I thought the show handled that really well. Like, it was it was an interesting way to do a television season. Yeah. And now with this new season, that post event, everything is just kind of right in the same timeline, you know? And part of me was going into this like, oh, are they gonna do something kind of similar to the way they did season one? But in a way that would kind of then already spoil the fact that, oh, there must be something that happens at the end of this season, you know? And and that's what I was just about to ask you. So are you kind of hoping that there's going to be another major like no, not- event, a catalyst event for like another like thing and that they start flashing back to that or like not flash, I guess flashing forward to that in weird glimpses? No, not necessarily. Like I don't, and I don't think they're going to do that. I think if they were going to do that kind of thing, they would have done it in the first episode. Oh, oh no, I totally. But I'm saying, was that what kind of what you're kind of hoping that it'd be similar? uh, Not necessarily. I didn't go into the the episode or the season with any like expectations or hopes. I was just kind of curious, considering that's how they did season one, and that's right. That was a major aspect of that first season, and now it's like, okay, we're just kind of now we're just conventionally, more conventionally telling a story. You know, we're not jumping around in time. Yeah. Even though I didn't really jump around, but you know what I mean. No. But I mean, it's. It, I don't know. I thought the episode was fine, and I'm. I'm looking forward to this next episode to see where it goes from here. But I wasn't I'm definitely like, looking forward. I, I when it ended, I was kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, it was fine. Yeah. It's funny. The I can't think of his actor. Was it Adam Scott? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So watching the show, I'm watching his character go through his day, and I'm like, he's had a really fucked up day that day. <laughs> watching and I'm like and like I'm like man he's had a weird freaking day dude I would have been like I'm gonna go home now 
I'm just gonna go to bed. I'm gonna leave the public alone because yeah. they're weird. <laughs> and I've been like, I'm done. Yeah. But then Euphoria premieres tonight, which I'm. <gasps> I do want to watch yeah. that I'm one definitely too. Interested in. <laughs> I do want to see that show. Yeah. 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 Why did you laugh when you said that? Who me or did yeah you, dude? I didn't. Kinda, mean, I don't know. I didn't mean to. Like oh. I don't know. It's like a happy, kinda, like, you like giddy. I don't, I, mean, I, like, I don't want to uh, come I'm across like I'm excited about a show that seems like it's going to be kind of fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> I so mean, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, I just think it looks good, and I think it it, does look good. it looks like it's going to be different. And I like to watch things that are, I don't know, a little unique. Yeah, if that makes sense. So yeah. I don't know. I it's so far artsy. from what I've seen from the marketing, I'm I'm like, all right, I I could I could use something that's a little different. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely got like an artsy kind of look to it. It looks like music and color and a vibe definitely kind of pulses through this show. Right. It'll be interesting to see. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. Definitely stylistic. Mm, That's That's a good word. Yes. Yeah, for sure that. Yeah, I'm curious. I've been interested since first seeing the teaser for it way back when. And now that it's here, I'm definitely going to tune into the, at least the first episode to see what I feel about it and go from there. Right. What else have you guys been watching? Other than, uh, well, I don't know. We saw, we all probably saw Men in Black International. Men in Black International. Yeah. Um, I got a chance to see that as well. I know you guys recorded a spoiler effect for it, which will be on the YouTube channel. Um, I guess I'll give my thoughts on it. Because last week, towards the tail end of when we were recording, uh, we talked about the fact that Men in Black International was coming out this week. And uh, you, Yasha, or David, Yasha, and you, Michelle, were all pretty excited to see this one. And I was the one that was kind of like, eh, we didn't have, not that we have to watch it, but, you know, if I didn't want to watch it so that I could talk about it on the show, I probably would have skipped it. Right. So for me, it was like I there was nothing about the marketing or the trailers that we had seen so far that really had convinced me that there was a reason for me to go see this next iteration in this franchise. And I did remember back when they first announced that Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth were going to be the new uh, men in black that I liked the idea of them being together because while I didn't and still don't necessarily care for Thor Ragnarok, I liked the fact that they had pretty good chemistry in that movie. And to see that maybe carry over to this, I thought, yeah, that's a good pairing. But then like once the trailers came out, it just felt like more of the same of men in black, which I don't know. I mean, I think the first movie is really good and then it starts to trail from there so to me it just felt like that this movie if it just just was going to fall in line with the other ones or if this is going to be something fresh to kick off something brand new and obviously that's the intent by having two new people into the the roles but i don't know i think overall it was just kind of like okay uh it it was sort of like how i felt about x-men it was just something that was there and it didn't necessarily move the needle for me one way or the other. It's not bad. It's not anything that I would say, no, this is trash. This isn't a good movie at all. You should void it at all costs. 
But at the same time, it's not something I'm telling someone to go rush out and go see if, unless they really just want to um, see a movie that they're familiar with the, the, the IP and want to go check it out. Because it didn't really offer anything specifically new um, to that franchise or genre. Um, I, I would say the thing I, I seemed to be most impressed by or, and come away from from watching the movie was I continually, continually like that the world of what the Men in Black is like, how they particularly inhabit it and uh, fill it out. It feels fully formed as a world where you see all these different aliens and it's kind of, um, I, I always seem to like the different ways in which they create this men in black tech to that all these different things and weapons and gadgets that they always seem to have and secret passageways and how to get to offices or other places around the world. I always seem to think that's pretty creative in which they do that. But you can't base a whole movie off just that. I mean, you have to have a good story and the characters have to be good. And I don't have anything bad to say about Chris Hemsworth or Tessa Thompson in this movie or even how they interact together. I I thought they were fine, but it was just there was nothing that popped for me. It it felt very much like um, an old school summer blockbuster movie where you go see it and it's fun for the time that you're watching it. And then 10 minutes later, it's just sort of out of your head. It, that's what kind of what it felt like for me. So it's not um, a negative against it. It's just, it's kind of what I expected from it, I guess, but nothing that, um, nothing that's terribly negative. I have to say about it. It's just, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, I, like you just said, I, I was excited about this movie. I, in fact, I, one of the trailers, I think the first like full length trailer for it, I thought was a actually a pretty well constructed trailer as trailer goes. I don't know. Yeah. I I tend to think it's somewhat overanalyzed certain trailers because I think the good ones are so good to watch, and then there's some that are just like, oh, these are terrible. And I actually really enjoyed that first trailer for Men in Black International, and it had me kind of excited, especially the this pairing, like you just mentioned, like Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson. I was like, hey, they're obviously doing something kind of fresh and new, and this seems like they would be a, a perfect Men in Black duo. I, yeah. But in the end, I'm right there with you, Bobby. Like, almost everything you said, I agree. It's, it's unfortunately, just falls in line with the franchise. Like, just, it's another installment. Even though it does seem like, hey, okay, we've got these two new men in black agents and we're going to do something new and yeah we're not rebooting completely you know it's in the same timeline and everything but you know we're it felt like a somewhat of a a soft reboot of this franchise and in the end it doesn't really feel like they tried to do anything new with it or it's just another installment and it's like meh like i was fairly bored most of the movie i didn't find it particularly funny i thought if I did laugh at most stuff, it was uh, the character played by, is it Kumail Nanjiani? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was pretty good. <laughs> but yeah. other than that... Uh, Pawnee, it, I think his name Yes, is. I think that's, that's right. That's the character name. Um, you know, I thought that this, you know, the, the there was not enough going on between, I think, Chris Hemsworth's character and, and Tessa Thompson's character. There wasn't enough chemistry there. It 
it didn't work like it should have. Uh, otherwise, uh, it was just, I don't know. I think it was an unfortunate miss, and I'm kind of glad it didn't make much money because this, this movie, in my opinion, doesn't deserve to make much money, and I hope we don't get any more of these movies. And I would venture to guess this franchise is basically dead at this point. <laughs> so we probably won't. That's, that's kind of where I am. The only way I could see it coming back to life would be if you had Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth and somehow they backed up the truck for Will Smith mm-hmm. and um, uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Right. Then maybe he might have a uh, an interesting enough movie to where people would go see it because you had all four of them in it. But right. um, yeah, other than that, it, it's hard pressed to see them trying to go with another. Yeah. What did you think, Michelle? I think Bobby's the most middle of the road. I think Bobby liked it a little more than you did, and I liked it more than Bobby did. I I like I enjoyed it. Like I had fun with it. I think I went into it more of knowing it probably was going to be more of the same. Like I just kind of assumed it was going to be a summery blockbustery special effects kind of thing, and it was. And I I will totally agree that I. It's frustrating because I think seeing. Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson in Thor Ragnarok, which was another movie that honestly I wasn't extremely impressed with upon first viewing, and it's kind of growing on me. But I think their chemistry in that film I thought was good. I thought they played well off of each other in the Mm -hmm. times that they were together on scene together. Right. Whereas in this one, I will say, I just... The chemistry was really off for me with the two of them on this one, and it felt jagged through most of the movie. And that, that's what I bumped on probably the most, honestly. Right. Otherwise, I thought it was fine. I think Chris Hemsworth really has found his pacing with, with comedy, honestly. Like, he's funny. <laughs> and he's, he's good at it. <laughs> like, surprisingly, I guess. Because everybody just looks at a guy that looks that pretty and that athletic. And they just want to put him in a certain, like, column. But he can do more, which is nice. Yeah. To see. I I had fun with it. I took it for face value, I'm and I did. I had a good time with it. I agree, though. I don't think it's going to be jumping off, catapulting a catalyst towards more men in black films. I think it might might have put the nail in the coffin on them, which kind of saddens me because I I enjoy men in black. Like I think it's a fun little franchise. It's something a little different, it's a little fresh, but um. Yeah, no. I don't think it's anything special to write home about, but it was entertaining. For the time I was in the theater, I was entertained. And yeah, I I will say I'm I'm surprised by the box office numbers. Considering I fall in the camp of I thought the trailers made it look like it could be pretty good and I was excited about seeing these two character these two actors and yeah. these roles together in a comedy like this. And so I'm left going, well, did most people fall more like in line with you, Bobby, where they looked at these trailers and were like, oh, yeah, another Men in Black movie, meh. Or was it just a Father's Day weekend thing? Uh, we don't want to go see this movie? Or was it yeah. really word of mouth? Because, yeah, there's no doubt the reviews have not been great. I think it's in the 20-something percent range yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. Is it is it really just word of mouth that people aren't going to see it? All in all, I'm just I'm surprised it's not making. I didn't think it was going to make Gangbusters crazy money, but I thought it would make more than the 28 million. I think it, I would have thought that in. it would have pulled in over 38. Like in my head, I genuinely was like, yeah, it should pull over 38. Like right. that 
that's a solid film right there if you do that much. Yeah. Or it's for like an action summary blockbuster film, but for it to not even break 30 yet. That's Yeah. That's not good, guy. Like that's not good, kids. No, like, but these two actors um Yeah. I'm a little, I'm a little surprised by that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I wonder. No, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, no, no, you go ahead, Bobby. No, I was about to sort of slightly pivot a little bit, but um go ahead. No, I was going to say, honestly, though, I haven't seen anything else. Like, I saw Men in Black International, watched some more of what we do in the shadows, and I really haven't mm. watched anything this weekend. I've kind of been chilling, got some pool action in. I'm like, I <laughs> I really, I don't know, I really didn't watch anything this weekend. I stink. Hey, you saw a movie? Embracing the summer. Cool. Well, but, so, wait, did you say you saw a movie, David? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Um, no, so I was going to say, as we were talking about, like, how Men in Black International kind of disappointed and because you had Tessa Thompson as well as Chris Hemsworth in this, um, the thought popped into my head, do you guys know of any person that's been in the MCU that's had a standalone movie that's done well lately? Any of the MCU actors outside of their MCU stuff, yeah. Out, hmm. mm. And now I got to think that it's had a, a movie mm. lately that's done well. Yeah. Other I than can't... something like critically acclaimed, like Brie Larson's film. Right. Yeah. Right. Which he did before the MCU. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Room. Right. So that was prior. Uh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, no way. No, here, right. here we go. I'll have to think. So, I, so, and I'm not thinking about the film Lucy, but ScarJo did something that did pretty well. But it wasn't Lucy. It was the another one, didn't she? I, think uh, I mean, she did uh, Ghost in the Shell, but that didn't do well. No. Yeah, and that one didn't do well. The only thing I can think of, huh. and it's kind of a cheat in a way, but whatever, is um, Chris Pratt and. Jurassic World 2. I mean, it did well, but it's like not really, it's the franchise, this, the IP more so than. I guess I know, yeah, I guess I could agree with that. I mean, what about the first Jurassic World? That too. I mean, yeah, but still, to me, it's the IP. I think it's, it had been a while since we had a Jurassic movie, so I think that was destined to do really well. Lego movie. I mean, yeah, but, but he's not like he's a voice character. I know, but I'm just I'm trying to I'm I'm with Bobby. Like honestly, like yeah. I mean, I guess none of the 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 MCU actors have had like a Chris Evans hasn't breakout kind of movie outside of the MCU where they, were, where right. they led the film. Right. No, not that I can think of. I mean, Chadwick Boseman has had some, you know, yeah, critically critically acclaimed. Film or films, and Robert Downey really has basically lived within the MCU, and he's found a he found a happy little oh, home there for ten years. Robert Downey doesn't have to do anything ever again. He's good. he basically right. doesn't have to do a damn <laughs> yeah. thing ever again, honestly. But which reminds me, there was something else we watched. But anyway, oh yeah, that's right. oh yeah, what's that? Uh, watched a couple episodes of what is it called, The Chef Show? Yeah, okay. on Netflix, John Favreau, Favreau's show. Yeah. yeah. Which I watched, yeah, I think it was just the first two episodes I've seen. Yeah, we watched the first two. Um, which, for those who aren't familiar, it is, it's it's not, 
it's not a fictional show. It's it's reality TV, I guess, a cooking show, but it's kind of based on his film Chef. Yeah. Um, and it is John Favreau and the chef that was basically the consultant on Chef, the film, the the chef who basically teaches him what to do in the plot movie. Line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's the two of them cooking for people with celebrities. That John's a friends with, which he's friends with everybody. The first episode was interesting. I think it was in the first episode, right? That they they make the grilled cheese from Chef, they which do. I was like, oh, that's this, after this the Gwyneth section. Yeah, and that's it's that first episode that you've probably seen the clip online, yeah. the, the clip of her not remembering that she was in Spider Man Homecoming. <laughs> in her defense, she was in that film for a solid. I, two minutes yeah it's one of those things where it's like i could see from her perspective like oh i'm in another mcu film playing the same part and not even remembering oh she yeah that was a spider-man movie not an avengers movie she shot I guess. that scene like, in one day she bounced out right. like i can't i, I part of me is kind of like you really don't remember that but part of me like if you think about that film she was in it for two whole minutes like she literally walked in and she was like why aren't you guys on stage oh my gosh it's man why aren't you on stage oh you're proposing and then the scene was over right. she said like 10 lines maybe right. if that kid so i can't really blame her in that scene but it was kind of funny the first time we watched it. i was like well she really doesn't remember she was in spe- well she was yeah. anyways and then the, se- the second, the episode, second episode, episode they're in atlanta good. they go to a, a restaurant or two i think just maybe just one restaurant and one. uh they end up toward the end, like all sitting at a table together, like it's John Favreau and Robbie Downey Jr. and Kevin Feige and the Russo brothers and Tom Holland all yeah. eating at this restaurant together. It's no, it was actually really that second episode. The first episode was kind of like, eh, that second episode was really good, and I'm hoping the next few episodes are as good as that second episode was. I really liked it actually. I thought it was kind of fun. Yeah, it's it's one of those shows. I'm it's thir- thirty minute little episodes, easy to watch, nice to throw on. I'm gonna, yeah. I'll keep watching it here and there. Maybe even a, as I'm doing other things kind right. of thing. Like you said with what were you do in the shadows. Kind of like that. Um, and then it reminds me that, yeah, I like you, Michelle, I know you haven't seen Chef. Like, I haven't. You, I for anyone who hasn't seen Chef, I think it's an entertaining movie. It's not. It like, really is. It's not a, an amazing, amazing film or anything, but I really enjoyed it. I think, actually, I think I've even seen it twice. Like, I think I threw it on again. Just like, oh, I kind of want a feel good movie to watch. Like, I just yeah, threw it on. Yeah, it's an easy watch. Yeah. And the, the sad thing is it's one of those movies that I think popped up a lot on Netflix for a while and then I think on yeah. Amazon Prime for a while and I've just never watched it but it wasn't for not wanting to watch it it just was kind of like oh I don't know if I'm in the mood for that and I'm in the mood for something else and I would just choose something else over it anyway and what what even I had heard about this show from actually some co-workers and then I kind of forgot about it and what reminded me was I was in I was on my Apple TV and if you go in like to the movie section it'll show you kind of the most popular movies like for rentals and purchases and chef was up there and i was like why is chef popular right now i'm like and then it clicked oh people are watching the show and now they're buying and renting chef Mm. because maybe they haven't seen it before kind of thing now i I get it so sorry i'm totally jumping ship now a little bit speaking of the mcu um i had my second viewing of captain marvel today so I finally got to watch it a second time. Yep. You did too. For the most part. I was kind of in and out of it. Overall, though, what are your thoughts? Did they change? Are they the same? Or I think I was in and out of watching the movie more than you were today. You pretty, yeah. mu- you pretty much watched it. I was yeah. kind of doing some other things with the kids and stuff. But uh, 
I mean, I think I'd say it's about the same. I mean, I definitely didn't like it any less. Maybe, maybe even a little more. But for so far, that's kind of par for the course for most of these movies. Like Thor Ragnarok, you brought up Thor Ragnarok. Like I, I don't necessarily feel any differently about Thor Ragnarok than I did the first time I saw it. But now I definitely like just kind of appreciate it for what it is. I enjoy it. I mean, I think I threw that on randomly pretty recently and you, you saw did, that yeah. I, was, I was laughing at no, it. I, I, I think it's yeah. funny. Do I still have problems with the fact that I think it's two different movies put into one movie, which I wish it wasn't that? <laughs> yes, I, totally I don't like movies. that. Um, and I hate the Doctor Strange section, <laughs> you know, but it seems uh, so forced. I'm going to always bring that up whenever I get a chance. I hate the well, Doctor Strange section. Because it seems so forced. Because <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, but uh, Captain Marvel, um, yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. I think the thing I was definitely paying attention to most was her performance, because that's okay. the thing I still hang on. Right. Like with her that was your in big this thing. and in Endgame. I'm still a little like, man, Brie Larson's a great actress. What is it about her as as Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, that I'm like not necessarily buying into? And I will say there was certain scenes like in the beginning of the movie between her and uh, man, what's her what's his name's character Jude, Law. Jude Law's character that I'm like okay, I'm kind of like okay with her performance maybe a little more now, but then there's still other stuff where I'm kind of unsure. I, maybe in the end after today. I liked her performance a little more, but not much. I guess the long story short is I'm kind of eh, the same. And I liked Captain Marvel. I liked the movie. No, I liked Captain Marvel a lot. I think I liked it more than you did. And But I have the same hang-ups you did with it, with her performance. I will say that after watching it today, I think I'm actually pretty okay with her performance now because I think in... In knowing exactly what's going to happen in the film, I think I kind of get the personality that's happening with Carol Danvers more. Mm-hmm. Like, she basically wakes up from a coma and then she has no personality. And the only things that are around here are Cree. And they're kind of stiff yeah. people. Yeah, they and are. she's also in the, like, for lack of better terms, the military section of it all, which is really stiff people. And I think that's kind of what garners her personality for a large chunk of the film. But the thing is, is Carol Denver still has this, you know, inside of her, her actual personality. And sometimes it shines through a little bit because there's moments that I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, I like that. I like that. You know, and that's why she's like questioning authority and she's always doing what she wants to do because that's actually, that's actually her. Right. But she still has this facade on that she learned from the Cree, from her training. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what I'm pulling out of it now because I feel like as the movie continues on, more Carol Danvers comes out and you see it and you see in flashbacks, she's a lively personality she's spunky and she's smart and she's strong-willed and she questions things and she fights for what's right like you could see it and i'm like watching it going okay i'm starting to understand this performance more right in what i was seeing today like i was like it was a theory i kind of toyed with when i first saw it but now i really watched it i was like okay i think it's more telling of what she's going through more so than brie larson's performance if anything now I think I like her performance in Captain Marvel more than in Endgame. I think in Endgame she was way stiff. 
Yeah, and she did she did Endgame before Captain Marvel, so. right? And so now looking back on Endgame, I'm like, she was really stiff in Endgame, and um, now it kind of bugs me. Yeah, that. But I, I I will say I'm extremely interested. I would even say excited to see a Captain Marvel sequel. And I am I'm too. Very curious to see I'm how a sequel plays super out. Super excited to see sequel now. But. Yeah, I mean, overall, I still like the movie. I, and if it sounds like I'm kind of negative on the movie, no, I, I really enjoyed it. If I didn't any, love it, I guess. Is if what. anything, I bumped a lot more on the scroll stuff today, rewatching this film, than I did it the first time. The first time watching it, none of it bothered me. Now, kind of the the what the, how, the way the scrolls are for the first uh, act of the film, I think kind of bugs me. And now I, it, it, it obviously all makes sense in the end of the film, but I was bumping on a lot at the beginning of this film today when I was rewatching it. I was like, it's, it's, it's overkill. It's yeah. overdone okay. for that first act. And then it balances out a little bit more and I like it much better. Have you seen it the second time, Bobby? Well, in the theater, but not uh, since it's not come, since. Okay. Yeah, home yeah. too. I'd be curious to see what you think, like just sitting at home and watching it, where you really kind of get to like, I don't know, I feel like when I'm at home sometimes I kind of get to think about things a little more when I'm watching them. And this morning I was really able to kind of go, okay, okay, and I really got to kind of analyze it a yeah. little more. And I'm saying all this, and honestly, I still really like this movie. If anything, I think I like it a, a notch or two more. And again, I think I'm starting to understand Brie Larson's portrayal now of of uh, Carol Danvers. I don't know. It's it was interesting watching it. I will say, watching it a second time though, I was like, I'm I am excited for a sequel to Captain Marvel. Like right. it's I am I when when are we getting that now? Because right. now I'm excited for something like that. Like I'm hungry for it. Actually, well, one thing it reminds me of in the back uh, to set this up a little bit. You know, it's it's funny because I hate. Like the idea of in the the perfect example, Star Wars. Like the idea of oh, like let's go back and let's let's redo effects in Star Wars, like Lucas did, right? Oh, and, okay. And and the whole idea of like oh, well, I didn't. The technology wasn't there to do what I really wanted to do when I first made Star Wars. So I'm going to go back and change it, and I'm going to add these things. And I mean, I I, I definitely I definitely fall in the camp of I hate 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 basically the original trilogy in its altered form you know and, and yeah the the thing that they did in the 90s yeah it's terrible but yeah. so for the most part i'm against that idea like you know what you make a movie it's 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 over it's like, in the can let's move on it's in the can like move on with your life make other films yeah let's not revisit things and fix them right but <laughs> <laughs> I, I randomly rewatched. I threw on a movie that I wasn't. I mean, I didn't sit and watch the whole thing. Same kind of thing. I think I mostly put it on for the kids. I re- recently rewatched a movie that I'm like, you know what? But with this, if I could, if they could, I would say, let's redo that effect. And that movie is is Tron Legacy. <laughs> and to oh. s- to see huh. what they've done with de aging, what the oh in- oh what, I totally agree. What with the your- MCU okay. has been able to do with de aging is just incredible if man i would kill if someone could just go okay we're not going to change anything about tron legacy we're not going to add any scenes or anything we're just gonna we're just we're just gonna take jeff bridges and we're gonna we're gonna make this look better yeah (laughs) make it look a little more balanced a little smoother yeah like because yeah when you think about like like again today cat marvel i'm watching samuel jackson it's 
pretty, it's pretty buttery good. smooth, my friend. There's certain shots of like Phil Coulson, and I'm like, okay, I you know. But there's a few of Coulson, and there's a few random shots that Samuel L. like from certain angles. I kind of like move his head, and it's kind of weird on his side. But overall, overall, it it's, is it's pretty damn good. Pretty, pretty much everything they've done so far, and Ant Man yeah. and the Wasp, and. God, yeah. All of them. I've, the yeah. de-aging has been pretty damn good. I agree. If they went back yeah. to Tron Legacy and they literally just tweaked the de-aging yeah. of that character, I'd be on board with that. Right. Anyway, sorry. Side tangent. Just made me think of that. Because yeah. I recently rewatched that and I was rewatching it thinking, I mean, I love this movie, but man, like, it's, it's not terrible, but... <laughs> The de aging is not great. (laughs) No. Anyway, it was slightly before its time. Yes. Yes. It was. It was. It It could have benefited, you know, just from a little bit more. And Disney started working more with Lucasfilm and more with Marvel, and then everything got Mm. a little bit better. You could. You got to imagine, like, was the director's name? I think it's Krasinski. Was now because it. You're right. It's like it was just before its time, but it hasn't been that long. And now right. already the technology is right. where it's like, damn, it's good. You got to imagine he even probably sits back and goes, God damn it. Like, if oh, only I, I waited like, a, you know, we Disney waited a couple years to make this we movie. We only waited four <laughs> more years. <laughs> right. Anyway. Bobby, what else have you seen? Uh, I saw a movie called The Dead Don't Die. Oh. Directed oh. by Jim Jarmusch. And it stars Bill Murray and uh, Adam Driver. They play uh, small town local police officers. And the town becomes overrun by zombies uh, because of a sort of an event, I guess, that happens to the planet. And um, they have to deal with it. And the movie is very much tongue in cheek. It's it's meta. Because uh, it breaks the fourth wall in certain sort of ways, um, it's kind of like as if maybe Shaun of the Dead was a, a sort of a, a deadpan meta take on the genre, and it's funny too because you know the zombie genre, you'd think it would be out of ideas at this point, but. I think it really just depends on the take that people have because there's still some movies that pop up that use that 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 zombie um, idea, but to great effect. And I think this does it really well just because their zombies are slightly different than typical zombies, but also the cast and the way they play it up. And, and they just seem like they're having so much fun with it in a way. I mean, there's definitely serious elements to it, but a lot of it is done very much with a wink and a nod, and and, and it's just played uh, in a fun sort of way, even though there's high stakes to it. But I really enjoyed it, and I thought um, it was something that I remember seeing the trailer for a few months back, and I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll check it out. And uh, I saw that it had opened this weekend, and I decided to check it out, so I was happy I did, so... I would I would give that a go if anyone is interested in and they don't have that uh, natural kind of tendency to shy away from those types of movies. And also, um, there is uh, there is it's not like overly 
gory or gruesome. It, there's elements, but not too much. It's it's mostly um, sort of in the mind of what you imagine. But there's definitely some elements for sure. So because it is a zombie movie, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Nice. I I've been wanting to see that one. Yeah, Every here. time I see the trailers, I'm like, oh, I gotta go see that. I I would like to see that one. Hmm. Looks good. Any, anything else? No. Uh, oh well, nothing else as far as um, TV or film or anything. But I did want to mention that there was a trailer for Doctor Sleep, mm. which is the Stephen King book yeah. that is the uh, sequel to The Shining. Yeah. And this has uh, Ewan McGregor in it, and the the trailer just came out this past week, and I hadn't read the book. I've I've read a, I'd say a decent amount of Stephen King books, but I hadn't read this one, and I didn't even realize that it was a thing until like maybe a couple of years ago, and so um, I was very curious to see how this would play out, and for anyone who's seen the 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 trailer or that doesn't know the premise, uh, Ewan McGregor plays the character I forget the last name, but Danny from The Shining that was a little boy all grown up. And he hasn't been using his powers, but um, he finds someone in a kindred spirit who has the the, the shining and um, is trying to help her through as other, I think, creatures come along that apparently, from what my understanding is, they're kind of like vampires. They feed off of people who have the shining. And so um, it, it kind of goes into all of that. And in the trailer, there's some scenes that they show that were from the shining mm-hmm. but actually they weren't actually from the shining they were recreated um for the movie with the exception of the the classic blood rushing in through the in front of the elevator scene that was pulled from the movie but a couple of other clips that they show that look like it's from the movie were recreated for this movie so it looks impressive and I, i'm anxious to see it even more than i was before you're pointing at me, Michelle. Uh, yeah, I'm anxious to see it too. And it's funny because I'm kind of in the same boat where I have also read, a, uh, as as someone who's not a huge reader, I've actually read a decent amount of Stephen King, but I have not read this book. I have read The Shining. And, and that makes me interested in this in a couple respects. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a sequel to The Shining that's actually written by Stephen King. But it's funny when you think about the fact that, yes, this movie is including footage, like, as you're saying, it's actually recreated from the original film, but it's basically like, okay, this is kind of in the same universe, in the same timeline as of that original, you know, Stanley Kubrick movie. But it's funny when you think about the fact that the Stanley Kubrick movie really wasn't, like, true to the book. I think it's a fantastic film. Yes. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But... You know, if you've read The Shining, they're they're kind of two different things in a way. Well, I mean, I think and, now even Stephen King is finally just now kind of coming to peace with it. He was not happy with Kubrick's take on things. Right. He's he's finally just now almost coming to okay, it's fine, whatever. So when you think about like I as someone who has not read this book, and you know, you would imagine okay, this is a a a book that was a sequel to the book, and yet this movie is also like kind of including that first film, you know, 
I don't know if if I'm making sense. I'm just kind of curious to see where it goes from there. I'm definitely going to want to. It's been a while, sadly, since I rewatched The Shining. I'll probably. Oh, I, love I mean, and I love The Shining. I'll rewatch it probably before I go see this. But I'm Sorry. I'm excited about it. You, Michelle. I'm I'm excited for this too. I love The Shining. I read the book a long time ago. Right. Um. And I, but I even after even in reading the book, I I think I saw The Shining. I th- I saw the film first. Oh yeah. Same here. I saw the film first. Mm-hmm. Couple years later, read the book. I like the book a lot. I'm very happy with the book. I like the film too. And I kind of it's the same but it's different and so I can't be like I know some people are like but the movie is so much better or the book is and I'm like honestly I like them like both. I'm ha- I'm happy with them both, honestly. It's fine. But um I knew this book existed. I've not read this book, just like the two of you guys. So I'm in the same boat. We're all together. Maybe we should all read it or somebody should read it or something. But yeah, watching this trailer, I was like, oh, hot damn. Like, I'm excited for it. I'm super down with this. Like, yeah, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it. And that crossed my mind as soon as I watched this trailer. I kind of did the immediate like, all right, do I read or listen to the book before I go see this movie? Yeah. Mm. I'm kind of leaning toward no. Like, I kind of maybe I'll be the naughty one. I'll do it before. See the movie because I know if I read it or listen to it first, I'm yeah almost certainly I'm gonna fall into a camp of oh man, the movie just wasn't the same. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. I don't know. I probably won't. Maybe I'll be the daredevil and I'll do it. All right. I'm the reader. I did hear an an interview with uh, Mike Flanagan, and um, that he. Uh, essentially approached Stephen King and got his blessing on this script and also the Kubrick estate right. and they blessed the script as well. So apparently in, in, in the interview, he made mention to the fact that he tries to uh, honor both the sequel as a, from the book standpoint and, and some of the things in which way that they took things how the shining ends and then also trying to honor the Kubrick's Kubrick's movie. So, um, apparently if by getting the blessing of both parties, he must've done a pretty good job. And in fact, he said that he had sent Steven the, um, I guess a rough cut of the film and, and, and Steven was pretty happy with it. So nice. that's impressive, you know? So, uh, we'll, we'll see once we get our eyes on it. But it makes me at least feel confident in the fact that all parties seem to be pleased. No, it's good to hear. It means this could be a good marriage between the two. And it could be a nice little unification, basically, for the two Mm -hmm. camps. Which I think would be good. Because I know, and it's really weird. It's not like there's, like, people with pitchforks and signs, like, fighting each other on this. But honestly, if you, like... If you really get into like fan clubs and stuff and you go into Reddit and you go into little different sections, people, this is a thing. Like people really butt heads on this. And I know it's really silly, but they do. And a lot of, for a long time, Stephen King has really not been happy with the Kubrick film. And he's really in the last 10 years come to peace with it. Like it's been a long time. He was like, whatever. But I will say, man, it's like, it's like the, it's like the, new dawn for Stephen King in the last like three or four years like man he's he's making a hell of a comeback and not on new shit either like (laughs) dude like between it Pet Cemetery, 
what's coming up next or something else? I don't know. I just I feel well, like there's Doctor just... Sleep, and then I, I think they're doing. Uh, I want to say Silver Bullet is oh, on the horizon. I mean, like I feel like he's having such a resurgence lately. Right. It's amazing. Anyway. And yeah, considering what what's his name Flanagan did with Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, just I, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed that show. Oh, so so that's another reason I'm. I'll be very curious to watch this movie. Yeah, no. God, what he that that was so good. Yeah. Um so before we go, it's funny. Like we There is something we did there watch. Is, there's something we watched that we totally There just, is something we did watch. Yeah, I, because I, it was early in the week. Michelle and it I was. both saw a documentary <laughs> this week. Oh, that's right. <laughs> in a movie I know. <laughs> that's the movie you'll see a doc. Uh, yeah, we went to our local art house uh, theater in Orlando, the yeah. NCN, and saw a documentary titled Hail Satan. Yeah. Um, which is a documentary about the Satanic Temple. Um, if you're not familiar, and I was a little bit familiar with them before seeing this documentary because I think it's when I had heard a story. And I, I mean, don't quote me on this. Even after seeing the documentary, I'm not going to maybe get all my facts straight, but it was something along the lines of they had basically won the permission to hand out uh, kind of flyers and stuff in a public school or some Mm -hmm. sort of school, you know, basically with the idea of, oh, well, if a Christian like organization was able to hand out stuff at the school, which I guess they were, then they should be allowed to, which Mm -hmm. they were awarded the, you know, the ability to do that. And I remember even looking up online, like what this pamphlet looked like. It was my first time ever hearing anything about the satanic temple. And I was like, wow, this is interesting. And so, yeah, this documentary comes along and and we went to go see it this week. And, you know, having already been kind of interested in like the story behind this organization, like the the, the documentary kind of filled in all the blanks. And yeah. and uh, I, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, as documentaries go, like I enjoy documentaries, I will say, like as documentaries as as a form of art in and of themselves like it doesn't necessarily do anything new in its style of of kind of storytelling but you know I I thought it was it was effective um you know I I definitely walked out with a I will even say a certain appreciation for this organization and and it wasn't like, you know, it was somebody from the organization making a documentary. No. <laughs> you know, I mean, no, I, I'm not yeah. that familiar with the filmmaker Penny Lane, but she's definitely done some other stuff. Like, uh, there was a Nixon documentary. I think it was pretty popular. Our Nixon, another documentary, Nuts. I mean, she's done a few a few things, but um, no, I, I thought it was an effective documentary. I enjoyed it. And I mean, it's one of those documentaries that like, would I recommend it to people? I would recommend it to certain people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, yeah. there's definitely certain other people I'd be like, no, nope, the movie's not for you. <laughs> but, uh, there, there was definitely other people though, as I watched it, I was like, oh man, this guy should see this. Oh, this person should see this. Like yeah. they would enjoy it. But yeah, that's one of those. Yeah. Like, it's funny. I agree with you as far as like, uh, documentaries as a genre of film it really doesn't lend a lot to the documentary like category I guess is the best way to put that like I really there was nothing new or inventive and if anything there was moments I felt like it was almost scripted a little bit and it kind of bugged me but uh, overall though like it was enjoyable to watch and it was definitely kind of like huh okay like it definitely gave me insight more to uh, the satanic temple 
like I don't know it was just more insight I really didn't know much about them and I even in my lack of knowledge of them I didn't have any feelings towards them in any different direction and I will say maybe I'm a little more like okay well I, I see what they're doing I understand what they're doing and I get it like it's you know it's fine with me in a weird way like I'm like oh okay like I, I have a more of an understanding of where they're coming from yeah. or what the point what the point of it is and I mean to be clear especially considering what you're saying and what I'm saying as in like having an appreciation for them like you know to be clear for anyone who's not familiar yeah, with the satanic temple this I mean up. this is an organization that's these people do not literally believe in a devil. They do not literally <laughs> believe in Satan. They do not literally There's worship not like a human a, sacrifices a happening figure. You know, uh, they they basically consider themselves almost like a basically a, a kind of a, an answer to the far right kind of Christian movement, the extreme far right Christian movement. As it, it's even not even that specific. It's almost like they just like to challenge. What they are perceiving as what's becoming a norm in society. Yes. But, they, I mean, they they explicitly said they were basically a kind of reaction to yes. the opposite of them. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, they're, they're questioning what they're seeing out in society, be it religious, be it politics. They're seeing things that they're going, why should this way of life be the norm? Why should this action be the what we do as a, a norm to our American system, or even the world, because it's global now. Yeah. But I mean, it started off here in America, and mm-hmm. they're saying like, "What's why is this? Why is it okay to just be this one direction and be linear in this thinking on this topic? That's not right." And I have to agree. Like, and and what and and now I'll back it up, and I won't get too much into it. But honestly, like, the big battle is. You know, like the Ten Commandments being present on government property. Right, a statue of the Ten Commandments. Right. You, we've heard the story before. Like oh, it's the, been in the news. Basically on the grounds of a state capitol. Right. This comes up a couple times at the documentary. It's definitely the, the one thing the documentary keeps going back to is kind of the main kind of storyline the documentary follows. Right. And I mean... I mean, for me personally, I have to agree in their questioning of it. Like, okay, well, fine. You want to have the Ten Commandments. I'd like to see a Star of David. I'd like to see a Buddha. I would like to see other religious affiliations represented equally and not just specifically a Christian thing. Like, that's not fair. Like, in, if, if you want to talk fair, like, either have nothing or properly resent, present all belief systems. Right. And, and, and that's what they're questioning. They're saying either represent nothing or properly represent everybody, period. Right. And I have to say, challenge accepted. I agree with them. Like, okay, I think, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with that thought process. Yeah. When you think about that. And that's right. the main part that they focus a lot of the film on. There's other stuff that pops up. Like you were talking about with the kids. With like, like in my high school, like the Catholic society we meet before school started, which I thought was like, losers, you guys got up at like five this morning to get here at 630. But that was my opinion. But, you know, like, you know, each to his own. But I mean, yeah, like 
that's when you said you kind of like heard about them more and I get it like if you're gonna allow one certain religious aspect into this one thing why not be equally representative of all religions right yeah, yeah. it was it was an interesting documentary in in that perspective and then yeah it was interesting somewhat changing topics like i have been randomly watching was it the is it the chilling adventures of sabrina on netflix yes, mm-hmm. the chilling adventures of sabrina and it, it is an interesting choice like that when she you know finally mm-hmm. visits this this school in the show that they have the same statue that the satanic temple basically created does it Biofet? It's Baphomet. Baphomet. But uh, it's Baphomet, and you can see that there's these two children kind of looking at him. He's sitting, like, I think on a throne. Mm -hmm. Um, The angel wings. And considering what this organization is actually about, but then Sabrina is literally about, you know, like, and then to basically use that statue, like, it's an interesting choice. It's like, oh, oh, I mean... But as someone who's, I mean, I'm not a member of the Satanic Temple, and I guess I could understand why maybe members of that organization would have a problem with them using that statue. I get the lawsuit so much more now. I totally get it now. But at the same time, there's a part of me that's like, I mean, I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's almost feels like somewhat of a nod in a way that, yes, this, this is a fictional show. I mean, I don't know. It's, I kind of have mixed feelings about the choice to use that exact representation of that statue in the show it's weird no i agree because and mostly just because the statue they're using is based on the satanic temple which the satanic temple they're not they're not witches or wicca or warlocks (laughs) like they're not that's not what they do at all right and so now i get the lawsuit because they're like wait a second you're using our symbol and you're representing something that we don't believe in at all wait what like that's not what we're about but you're using our thing like i get i get it i get why they sued i totally get why they sued. and i'm bringing that up i don't know i don't have a lot of knowledge behind this the suit that you're bringing up i don't i just kind of you had mentioned it oh yeah and then when indeed when watching the show and it popped up it's like oh that's interesting (laughs) that they chose that and not like they're not it's not like the the producers of sabrina like kind of came up with their own version of it it's like no it's like oh it's almost identical to theirs oh yeah it is i did basically identical yeah anyway yeah i think somebody said that i I don't know this this to be true but it was like i remember the joke being made that they had probably like some pa like, hey, go look in some books for some right. satanic like <laughs> pictures, and they were probably just you know doing their thing, and they're not paid or whatever yeah. as an intern, and yeah. so they're like, oh, this looks interesting, and no one else does any sort of due diligence to mm-hmm. sort of basically back check that to make sure that it's not copyrighted or used somewhere else, and off we go, <laughs> and so that's how that sometimes these things happen. Right? But, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was just it was like I said it was. And I had that thought at the end of the documentary. I was kind of like, well, now I totally get the lawsuit more. Yeah. I get it. Like, that's because to them, that show's representing them with that statue, but they don't believe in anything the show's talking about. So. Right. It, yeah, no. It's, I'd, I'd be kind of annoyed, too. Yeah. I don't know. It was an interesting documentary. I would say for certain people, they'd watch it and they'd go, huh. And they'd find it thought-provoking. I think other people would be like, ugh, it's all a bunch of crap. I don't like it. It stage his own. Yeah, yeah. So if you have an open mind, go 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 see it. It's interesting. Yeah, I agree. 
I mean, yeah, if, you, if you're listening to this or watching this and you're in the Orlando area, it's not playing at the NZN anymore, but uh, yeah, it's one of those things I could see it's going to pop up on like Amazon Prime and Netflix. It's totally going to be an Amazon pretty Prime. Pretty soon. I, it wouldn't shock me. Yeah. It'll totally be an Amazon Prime. Um, with that, you guys got anything else? I think it's about, uh, no. it's about time to wrap good. things up. Uh, next weekend, some good movies. Is, is it next weekend, Toy Story 4? Toy Story yeah. 4 next weekend. Hi. I'm, Indeed it I'm is. curious, as someone who is not in love, I'll say, with Toy Story 3, yeah, <laughs> as no. I think the rest of society, the planet was, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm curious to see how this wraps up. Because it's, you know, it's funny. I Yeah, we know that there's already reaction kind of reviews out there for the film. And I've I've already read some pretty damn positive stuff for Toy Story 4. But as someone who also read the same exact things for Toy Story 3, I have to take mm-hmm. it with a grain of salt. I'm... I hear good things about Keanu Reeves' character. I hear Duke Kaboom is hilarious. Yeah, Keanu Reeves, man, he is everywhere right now. Everywhere. It's like the year of Keanu. <laughs> yeah, it is. It good is for him, though. Of, I know. Oh it. yeah, definitely. It's awesome. And yeah, yeah. we we didn't even touch on E3 at all. There was a lot that There's came out of so E3. So much this on week. E3. Oh my god. Oh, we talked too much about MTV. Yeah. God. <laughs> Damn MTV. Damn. Uh. Anyway. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, with that, uh, we would love to hear from everyone watching or listening. You can let us know what you think by emailing us at feedback at flickereffect.com. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at flicker underscore effect. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, just comment below. We'd love to hear from you. And with that, I'm David Lott. I'm Bobby Jackson. And I'm Michelle Hillard. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.